live from the YouTubes. Oh, actually, let me switch this up. Oh, look at that. Little Sundance Film Festival recap. What is up, Flick fans? Welcome back to the channel. I am so excited today to not only be talking about the Sundance Film Festival in which I watched a lot of movies. I mean, nonstop, just constant movies this weekend. I'm surprised. I'm still married. But we're not talking about that. We're going to be talking about the movies that we watch. We're going to talk about the best films, the one you guys should be looking out for. Uh, the worst films, the ones that didn't necessarily hit me in the way that they intended. But it's not just me today. I am joined by one of my uh, great friends on YouTube, uh, Hallmarkies Podcast. She is a wonderful writer, Rotten Tomatoes critic. We have with us today Rachel from Rachel's Reviews. Rachel, how is it going today? Woo woo, I'm here. We, we did it. We made it through. It's so exciting. Was it a long weekend for you two, right? Did you stop Ooh, or take breaks? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my Grubhub driver had a, had a really good weekend for me. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was very, uh, very fun, very exciting, very exhausting weekend at the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, and then we had the, the Golden Globes nominations this morning, yeah. which... I, you know, I'm sure we will talk about eventually, uh, maybe even later in this podcast, but we just did a little recap on that on your channel. So if you guys yeah. want to see me talk even more Golden Globes, you can go over there and check that out. Uh, but today uh, we are going to talk solely about Sundance. So Rachel, this is my first Sundance. It was digital and you've been there before, right? How many times have you been to Sundance in the past? So this is my fifth Sundance. Uh, that oh, I wow. have yeah, okay. been a part of. And I I think they deserve a huge, huge uh, compliment uh, that uh, that was, I thought, incredibly well run. And especially when you consider that the good majority of Sundance is run by volunteers. And yeah. so the fact that it was so smooth and I didn't hear about anybody having problems with uh, with you know, buffering or with being able to watch the movies or, I mean, just almost no problems. And the way they were in it, able to integrate the Q and A's and have, they still have the director introductions. And, yeah. and I just thought it was extremely well run and an extremely good, I thought crop of movies. I mean, for every movie about a tree, there was like four or five good ones. <laughs> and, and so, so I was impressed. I mean, I, I frankly, I thought it was a lot better than last year's Sundance. Interesting. So I, I you know, you kind of gave me a little heads up going in. My mentality has always been, you know, Sundance is, is, is all these great low budget independent movies. Well, I saw some movies this year that I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, but it's interesting you say that this one was actually better than last year's Sundance. Uh, but with the bad comes the good because I saw some absolute yeah. gems that I loved, which we'll get into here in just a second, Rachel. What yeah, was your main? Go I ahead. Think, go ahead. Well, I think that it's actually somewhat healthy uh, to go to Sundance because I think you lose that sort of independent movie is sacred mentality that I think some people have. That are, I mean, it is these people that is their passion projects. It's their life they've yes. put in. I mean, I remember one year. Oh, sorry. Um, I remember one year when uh, when they uh, they had the um, uh, guy came up and he said he had been working on it for twelve years, which is crazy on his film, and and then they show it and you're just like, oh no, oh, no. sorry, <laughs> um, you feel bad, 
and uh, <laughs> but uh, but I think that that's kind of when you watch so many movies all at once, then you you can't help but kind of lose that that sense of that these are sacred. There's good ones, there's bad ones, just yeah. like any other type of movie. So uh, I, I think it's actually good. I couldn't agree more. And it's it's one of those things like they invest everything in, into these films. It is their it, it's their life, and a lot of them it's their launching pad uh, into mm-hmm. Hollywood, into you know what we're going to see from them in the future. And I think we saw a great example of that last year. I'm excited to see, you know, say what the director of Coda goes on to do and uh, Gerard uh, Carmichael for his film that we'll talk about. But Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of great things to come from Sundance. And I think it's a very important film festival that I want to go to. I want to get the experience. Um, But I can't uh, wait until I can't wait until you can come and we can have a blast. It will be so fun. Uh, uh, is um, it significantly better than online? Well, I mean, I don't know. It, it has its pluses and minuses online. You don't have the uncomfortable seats and waiting in the lines <laughs> yeah. and the terrible food and having to go all around town in the cold and the terrible weather. And I mean, so all that stuff can be very exhausting. Um, but it's also really fun to just be with other film fans to actually get to be a part of the Q and A's and the panels. And I mean, especially memorable last year was Kirsten Johnson from Dick Johnson is dead. Uh, She was just the best going up and down the rows, talking to people, taking questions. She was so good and probably the best panelist I've ever seen. And whether wow. at Fanex or whether even it's at the festival, I just thought she was so fun. And uh, I mean, I already loved the movie, but that just cemented it to me. It's <laughs> like, she was so good. And I, I really wished particularly for Misha and the wolves that I had been able to see that in a mm. packed theater and everybody with mm. what, you know, look on their, their faces. And that would have been incredible. I think yeah. that's the one that especially I wish I had been in a theater for. Man, I uh, oh, missed that one. There's a couple that I missed. I missed. <gasps> you didn't see one. it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was during. No. It was during another film, and then I had to, um, <laughs> I had to go with my wife to do something. She's like, "You better go with me and not watch the other movie." I'm like, hey, sweetheart, fine. Um, but yeah, I I was very oh. bummed out that I missed that one. Don't read anything. Go okay. into it as cold as you can. Like I'm not normally a spoiler person. Normally I don't care, but for this one, yeah, it'll be a way better experience if you don't know anything about it. Interesting. Interesting. So we do have a super chat. And by the way, guys, if you want to uh, go with the super chat route today, we will be answering questions all throughout. Um, first off, if you're here and you're, you know, just supporting this channel, whatever it is, if you want to drop a thumbs up, that would be awesome. This was a random little live stream, but I thought it would be fun for Rachel and I to do. But if you have questions involving the movies at Sundance as we go, be sure to ask them and we'll get to them. So Procrastinators says, any news when Edgar Wright's Sparks Brothers will be released? Also, did you watch Songbird? Yeah, you can get on my channel for the Songbird review. But, <laughs> but um, you know, it's funny, Rachel, because I actually made a decision before going into the festival. I didn't watch any documentaries. I watched all feature films because when I did my tier list, I thought it would be a bit more difficult for me to tier the docs with the features. Um, yeah, and I, I can plan on catching them eventually. So what 
Do you know anything about Edgar Wright Sparks Brothers, by the way, the release? I was just looking on the Wikipedia, and it, the only release date is the Sundance Film Festival release date. Okay. So, they, so they don't have anything on there. Interesting. Let's see if it says any on the IMDb. Um, and I heard it was good, by the way. Did you enjoy it? Did you get the chance to watch this one? I did. I think it's it's too long. Like, I don't know if we needed to hear about every single one of their albums. <laughs> 2.30, right? That's another reason yeah, why I didn't two watch hours, it. Two hours, 25 yeah. minutes. Yeah. It's a long documentary, but it was very charming and yeah. it definitely made you uh, want to check out this band because they yeah. sounded awesome uh, and very creative. And I liked the uh, animation throughout. A lot of these documentaries had anim an animated sections or sort of segmenters to take you into the, the, my favorite of all of these celebrity documentaries was the one on Amy Tan, the writer. And I thought, and that had really fun animation throughout it. And there was a, um, a whole sequence, I guess, of the documentary about her. A lot of it was about her and her mother, but in particular, there was a, a part where she's talking about when she finally forgave her mother for some totally mm. messed up stuff that her mom did to her. And it was very emotional and it got, it got me crying. And uh, I, I am a pretty easy cry, but it was, it was very, it was very touching. And uh, to be able to forgive that kind of, her mom almost killed her at a certain point. And uh, so it was intense. Uh but uh, but I thought that one was the best of those kinds of films. Yeah. Uh, but they were all actually, I liked all of the celeb bio documentaries, but it's hard because uh, for the most part, those kinds of things, I, I don't know, like if they're famous enough to have a thing like that made about them, they're probably pretty interesting. It's kind of yeah. hard to do wrong, I feel like. Uh, and most of them, I think all of, almost all of them, except for Sparks Brothers, were all made by PBS and are going to be on the um, oh. American Masters series that they oh, have. Yeah. Cool. That's why I was really confused about the fact that Neon purchased the Ailey documentary about Alvin Ailey, because that was made by PBS for American Masters. So I don't really understand what Neon's going to do with it. Is Neon doing Flea as well, right? I, I thought I heard. I, I heard that, yeah. yeah. But I don't, I mean, are they going to release it in the theaters? I don't know. Cash says, I wish I would have been able to see Flea, which we'll talk about it, Cash. But yeah, that is one of the highlights for me. And and she mentioned, Rachel, mm -hmm. you mentioned animation in the documentary. Oh my gosh, what a gorgeous showcase that was. I, I just really liked it. Yeah, Flea was great. That didn't disappoint. I thought that it was really good. I... I, I, I don't know if it needed to be animated, but I like that it was. I mean, I'm always yeah. a fan. I don't really, I'd like to know. I wish that he he had accepted my invitation for an interview because I did the animator mm. spotlight over at, uh, I was kind of bummed because we did the animator spotlight at Rotoscopers and we had 10 interviews over there. All the animated shorts uh, so got, got interviewed and neither of the features agreed to, to do an interview. So that was kind of a bummer, but I still really had a great time talking to the these you know shorts animators. Yeah. They were awesome, but um, uh, but I would have loved to have asked him like what he feels like, particularly animation versus live action, kind of brought mm. to the movie. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it was the first movie that I watched at Sundance. Yeah. So uh, it's almost like what what was that? 
I'm trying to go back 26 I, I heard, movies. <laughs> so here's what I heard, and I don't know if this is right. I heard it was to conceal the identities of the the, the subjects of the documentary or the subject of the documentary. Uh-huh. I heard it was to protect their identities. I don't know if that's right. Maybe I saw that on Twitter somewhere, but I heard it had something to do with that, which is why they went the animated route, which I think is interesting. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's definitely a movie that we will talk about. Um and, and yeah. thank you guys for all of your comments. Go ahead, Rachel. Um, yeah, I was just going to say with Flea, I think the most moving part was when he's expecting to get rejected by his brother. Oof, and yeah. then surprise, his brother's actually accepting and gives him a hug. That, that whole ending. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. That was really good. Oh, it was so awesome. Hey, Austin, did you get a chance to see that Nicolas Cage movie with <laughs> We will talk about that madness. Cam says, apparently they added more passes for films that won last night. I'm about to watch Coda right now. Cam, you're going to love it. I know uh, Rachel enjoyed it. Uh, you're yes, love it. you're going to love it. I, 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 Yeah, I'm hoping maybe I might be able to catch a couple that I missed maybe today. Um, I don't yeah. know uh, if the press passes are included in that or maybe I could purchase, mm-hmm. but um, anyway, I'm hoping to be able to catch a couple more tonight. We'll see. And is Coda the highest bid for a Sundance film? I, th- I believe it is right. Rachel, uh, Apple 25. Uh, I think I, I don't remember hearing anything higher. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if, um, if Judas and the black Messiah, if that's, if that's not a um, premiere. Yeah. I don't know if that counts. Cause it was already, with Warner, I don't know. I don't know how that yeah. works. I think I think it's a um, what do they call it? A must watch or whatever. Like it's not yes. a unique to Sundance premiere. Yes, which which makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. uh, T Topanga says, "How do I sign up for the film festivals? Do I need to be a critic?" Well, you will have to pay a fee for something like Sundance. But I'll tell you this: be on the lookout, right? Because Sundance, I think, if you go right now to Sundance's website, you will still find some tickets available for the winners. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Am I right about that? Mm-hmm. My understanding is that it, the uh, the awards winner for the whole day, if you want to watch all the awards winners, you just want to buckle down and watch a bunch of movies. I think it's a hundred dollars, which yeah. I okay. I think would actually be well worth it if you if you think about it. Uh, we have coming up South by Southwest, and I actually just I I didn't get I didn't even submit my press for that. I didn't know about that. It was, I didn't know about the application deadline at the time. I anyway, it. I just, I just decided for Christmas for my Christmas present, I bought a pass. So I'm going to yes. be covering that uh, as virtual. Um, and then we have animations film coming up if you're an animation fan and that's really cheap. It's only $20 yes. uh, to uh, or animation first. I think it's actually called this one. Okay. Uh, animation film is later in October, but anyway, uh, animation first it's only twenty dollars, and you can oh, watch wow. some animated films in February. Um, there's just a bunch of them out there, and they're not as expensive as you think. I'll tell you what, it is going to be well worth it for some of those festivals. I did the digital uh, couple of the New York Film Festival TIFF last year, and it's you know with the pandemic, a lot of you know awful things, but with this, I, I do think it's cool that people who wouldn't otherwise get a chance to go to these film festivals can watch this, these films, especially Coda, uh, the award winners for Mm -hmm. Sundance, which you guys, again, I should have, it's my bad. I should have included a link for you guys, but just type in Sundance tickets. Sundance 
go awards see pass, if you can, yeah. yes awards pass and that's exactly right see if you can get the awards pass because i think you guys would genuinely uh get some some good things from these awards winners but okay mm-hmm. uh, i've had people ask about the nick cage movie all of this rachel let's get into our yeah. our, our best and i'll pull up your list first so i've got rachel's letterbox list uh yeah, rachel follow me on letterbox. yes on letterbox go follow her very active on there um Rachel, you want to talk about some of these films? Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's talk about, we already just talked about Coda. Yes. was my favorite. And it's just such a heartwarming, I haven't heard anybody have anything bad to say about Coda. Look at that score. Uh, oh, man. It's so good. And it's just about this girl who is the only hearing member of her deaf family and she is has a dream of being a singer and she has this uh teacher played by uh, eugenio derbez who's so fun in the role yes. so charming awesome. and it has ferdia walsh pilo who is in sing street yes. which made me so excited because i love sing street it's my movie and it was just charming and heartfelt marley matlin is great as her mother so yeah, got to see it. Got to check out Coda. Man, there's a scene, I, and obviously we're not going to spoil anything, guys. So don't worry about that. But there's a scene at the end of this movie that wrecked my heart. Oh, it's just a beautiful, and mm-hmm. you know it's sweet, it's quirky. There, there, I had some a couple criticisms, like filmmaking wise, but that is all made up for with just one of the best stories with this genre that I've seen in quite some time. And, you know, uh, I'll rehash some of these when we get to my list. Well, we, this is kind of covering Coda, but um, if I were to recommend one movie from this festival for every audience, yeah, I think this may be the movie because it's going to hit everybody. Yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, I agree. I, it will, it will unfortunately have an R rating because of the language, but yes. I think that if you can handle you know, I think it would be a, a family film, really, if mm. they can handle some language or maybe you can watch it on, uh, have, you know, language edited or whatever. I don't know. But uh, other than that, that's the only reason it would be an R-rated film. Uh, but it, it's just so heartwarming. And uh, and I think there's something to be said for movies that make you really feel good about yeah. about the world and about family. And, and yeah. I think it has something to say about how much should you sacrifice for your family? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's, it's it maybe not the most tidy answer when it comes to that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really, I really like it. All right. You've got to convince me. What is that? You don't have to tell me what it is. Misha and the wolves. What is this movie about? Okay. Well, oh. it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's about this woman who has written this memoir about her life in the uh, surviving the Holocaust as a secret okay. child who was put in the family of Roman uh, Roman Catholic family. And she writes her memoir, and that's all I'm going to tell you because Ooh, it's okay. bonkers. Dang. All right. <laughs> that poster, too. And, and a lot of these don't actually have posters, but this poster really has me intrigued okay it reminded me of three identical strangers did you you ever see did you see that 
one of my favorite docs from that year. Yeah. Where the way your mouth was just on the floor, like you just oh, can't believe okay. what is happening okay. is the same way to me. Very interesting. Let me hit this super chat real quick from Shashank. He says, Hey Austin, hope you've been doing well. Haven't seen any movies from Sundance, but have been hearing great things. Continue the great work. Whoa, hundred bucks. That is very always. generous. Shashank is uh one of my faves uh, wow. on this channel. And um Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate everything that you do, man. I do. I, I um I hope you guys get a chance to see a lot of these films. I really do. I, I think is uh, I may destroy. You got snubbed. Okay, we're. I think that may be. I may destroy. You. Was that a Sundance movie, Rachel? I don't. Uh, know. I don't know. I didn't see. Maybe it Golden Globes. Maybe Golden Globes. Okay. Uh, is Letterboxd free to use, or do I have to pay for it, Jesse? Free. You can. You can pay for it, but it is. It is free. Um, yes. There's a pro, a patron tier, um, but those are just for extra benefits, like analytics and statistics and things so well yeah and you can clone lists and i'm like a oh, list ridiculous person yep. uh, <laughs> on the letterboxd and so it's really nice if somebody's made a list and you don't want to go to all the effort to make a similar list like yeah. say i'm doing a video on disney plus or something like that and somebody else has made a video already on 2020 disney plus i can just clone it mm. and use their list so that's I nice I've done that so many times. <laughs> uh, I made a Oh, it's the HBO series. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see that. I didn't get a chance to see that. But I, I did see some people on Twitter. Number one show of 2020. Wow. Okay. All right. Listen, we will, if you guys stay until the mm -hmm. end, maybe we can just hit on some Golden Globes and then tease Rachel's video because we just talked about Golden Globes for like an hour on Rachel's channel. And I had some words about Jared Leto. Ryan O'Toole oh. says... Jared Leto. <laughs> hey, Jared Leto. Okay, I, now that I'm looking at it, I, I've I've seen the advertising and the promotion and for the I Destroy You. I just I haven't seen it. Ninety eight percent though on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's that's phenomenal. Um, almost as phenomenal as Jared Leto's performance. Ryan O'Toole says, "Hey guys, I saw Judas and <laughs> Marvelous in the Black Hole." Love both Judas uh, is a masterpiece. Ryan, I saw your comment, man. I, I, I need to watch your review on YouTube, Ryan O'Toole on YouTube. But, um, man, I'll tell you what. My Judas and the Black Messiah review is on this channel. Really the only individual review. I'm doing a tier list for all of the Sundance films that I saw. Uh, but I will tell you that I did love Judas and the Black Messiah. So, Ryan, I couldn't agree more with you, my friend. Rachel, what are some other movies you want to talk about? Well, I would just say my only pushback on Judas and the Black Messiah, I thought okay. it was excellent. I yes. gave it a very, I gave it a very good, you know, good review. My only thing is I felt like the movie, I wish that it had kind of stayed with either the Lakefield, uh, Samfield mm. character or the, uh, the, um, Daniel uh, Kalua character yes. as the lead protagonist. Yes. It felt like it was kind of had this sort of wandering protagonist. And I felt like I could have learned more about either one because it kept zipping back between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And I wish that it had focused more on one and then one be more supporting. And uh, I, I just said that in my review, I said the film is hurt a bit, just a bit, 
by a wandering protagonist. It keeps flipping between both men to the point I didn't feel I got to know either of them that well. There is also a moral ambiguity about both men. Do the movie makers think O'Neill is a rat and a traitor? I'm not sure. If you are someone who thought The Trial of Chicago 7 was too bombastic and simple, you may like this, these morally confused heroes. However, I think the script could have drawn the characters out better and given us more about who they are and why they are making the choices they do. Particularly with the Keith Stanfield's character, I wasn't really 100% sure why he was doing what he was doing. Like, yes, he was, uh, I guess, trying to avoid prison, but that seemed not enough motivation for what he's doing to me. If I had, so I don't necessarily feel as strongly about both stories. I, I think Kaluuya is, I, I could see how someone could consider him lead. I definitely think he's more of a supporting player with the way that it's laid out because it's told through Stanfield's, uh, uh, his perspective. But I did have that criticism with Lakeith Stanfield's character, is, which is the only thing that kept it from being like a 90% for me. Yeah. Is, is I needed that, I needed a bit more of that motivation, a, a clear cut motivation, and more, less morally, just where is he right now? Because we're supposed to be seeing this through his eyes, and at points in the film, I didn't know exactly where he actually was emotionally. Again, I, I think I like the movie a bit more than you, Rachel, but that's okay. I, I think you draw some really good crit criticisms, and that Stanfield criticism is something that I actually mentioned in my review as well. So it, it, it's a good, it's a good perspective on the film. It um, has I'm interested to see where everybody lies. Great yeah. performances. It's got great moments. It's very absorbing. I highly recommend it. I just, for me, it, it wouldn't be that masterpiece, but I think yes. it's awesome that it was for Ryan. I think that's great. Yes, I, I, I agree with you, Rachel. Are there any other movies on your top, uh, we'll say your top five or six that, okay. that, that catch your eye? Yeah, real quick. So Together Together, I, th I mm. thought was really sweet. I really enjoyed it. And I loved the fact that it was a story about platonic love, that they mm. didn't feel a need for them to fall in love at the end because that would have ruined it, really. And I, so I, I really appreciated that because you don't see that very often, those stories. And I, I just thought it was charming. I really enjoyed it. And also I, I thought it was interesting to have a story about a man that is so interested in having a child and, yeah. and uh, being a father. And you, know, you don't tend to see that as much as the women. So I thought that was cool. Uh, so then also Jockey, I also really enjoyed. I thought that, uh, I thought that, the lead performance was really good. Uh, Clifford Collins Jr. And Molly Parker, I thought was really good in it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just felt really bad for him the whole time. <laughs> I was really absorbed oh, and, in it. And Disney Channel fans, Moises Arias from Hannah Montana, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, he was the the uh, one of the main characters in this movie, which kind of made me really happy because I grew up with Moises Arias as the funny friend or what was it? The neighbor on Hannah Montana that was obsessed with her on that show. So uh, yeah, what a cast and Clifton Collins. He will get into it a little bit later, but he won, correct? I I'm not sure. I, okay. I don't know all the, the awards. I think but that's good to hear. Yeah, I think I think he won, which is very, very well deserved. Are there any documentaries, Rachel? Because again, I, you know, it's not that I didn't want to watch the documentaries, but I just kind of, I, I chose to focus on features um, yeah. 
Were there any documentaries that I need to watch? Well, we are talking about Misha and the Wolves. And that blew my mind. And that was the doc. That, that was yeah, the one. that's the doc. And that'll be on Netflix. I don't know when, but it's so good. Okay. Um, and then uh, I really enjoyed playing with sharks. Uh, it's about this woman named Valerie Taylor, who uh, is a shark. She's kind of like the um, like crocodile hunter, but with sharks. Oh, kind of. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and it was pretty amazing. Some of the cinematography of getting her with these sharks. And, uh, and then uh, I, I, the sort of the aftermath of Jaws and the filming of Jaws, cause she was very involved in that and uh, how she felt like it kind of uh, hurt sharks, you know, in the end mm. uh, and her, um, her mission to try to save sharks. She talks about how many more people are killed by dogs and yet we see dogs as these lovable creatures yeah. Uh, so that was interesting. And so that was really good. Um, also marvelous. And the black hole was super charming. Mm, I'm normally yes. not an angsty teenager movie fan, but this was very sweet and Rhea Perlman delightful. Uh, and uh, Mia, let me, let me zoom here. Mia catch. I hope that's how you pronounce her name. She, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, Rachel. So Star. She was liking everybody's tweet. She liked my tweet. Oh, she, she did. Oh, uh, she was all over Twitter, just retweeting people, and, and and a joy, an absolute joy, seeing all of her all of her tweets. So, what a star in the main. Eighth Marvel. grade, I think that that movie. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And this quirky little the little animations that they would do, Rachel, on the screen. I'm like, this is kind of refreshing. I do have a, a good chat here. Here we go. Let's see. Um, is Playing with sharks slightly better than playing with fire. The John Cena. <laughs> yes. yes. Is it better, Rachel? <laughs> and probably more funny. <laughs> and it's not even supposed no. to be funny. That. <laughs> That's brilliant. Mega Movie says uh, Coda and Mass are the two best of the fest. Did anyone see On the Count of Three? Oh, we'll be talking about that here in just a yeah. second. Oh, yes. And, um, is Marvelous and the Black Hole animated. It's actually not, uh, but there are some really quirky animations, transitions, things like yes. that um, that come on screen. Flea on the Count of Three and Summer of Soul. Oh, I didn't see Summer of Soul. Did you see that one? No, it came out. It was one of the first, I think, on the first day, and I, I didn't see it on that okay. first day. And so, yeah, I, I didn't. I heard good things, though. So that was good. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, so those are the highlights for me. Those probably those were kind of your and, those eight were probably and nine. We talked about Amy Tan already. That was that was real good. There, um, there's a movie, Rachel, and when we get into the negatives, that I'm very <laughs> excited to hear you talk about mm-hmm. because um, there were some tweets. If you guys follow <laughs> Rachel on Twitter, that I was dying when I saw. So <laughs> I can't wait. All right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have some words. We'll have some words. So, I can't wait to get to it. What were um, your favorite? Okay, so um, there are a couple movies here that I think could, upon rewatch, maybe get even better. Obviously, Judas and the Black Messiah. I won't rehash. I've talked about it. We've talked about it. Um, my Great second film. favorite, though, is On the Count of Three. Did you get to see this one, Rachel? Mm-mm. Okay. And I was very excited about this. Directed by uh, Gerard Car- Carmichael, starring Christopher Abbott. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is in there. And oh. 
one of my favorite parts of the movie, Henry Winkler what? is in this movie. Yeah. I didn't hear about and that either. <laughs> and JB Smoove from uh, Spider-Man. Oh. So great cast. Um, and essentially, and, and you can see the summary here, I will describe it as two friends who are, are and this is difficult material to handle. So two friends that have been compelled to uh, maybe commit suicide over the last couple of years. Um, and both of them individually. So they make, instead of doing it themselves, they make a suicide pact. But before they do that, before they commit that act, they have to go accomplish this mission. And I won't say what the mission is, but it's one that you wouldn't otherwise normally want to accomplish if you thought that you were going to face repercussions from it. So that's what I'll say about the film. Oh my goodness. I, it, this is A24. I mean, if A24 doesn't pick this up, I'm going to be very just kind of, all right, missed opportunity there. It just feels like it. And not because Christopher Abbott looks like uh, Robert Pattinson from Good Time. That's not it. it. More so because this has a Safdie Brothers style and flair. It is intense. It is uh, hilarious. It's actually, it's actually kind of a comedy. And it's very well written. Now, some criticisms that I had that kept it from being like top tier is I could have resonated a bit more with Abbott's character. Not resonated, but learned more about the why of his situation. We got some flashbacks, but I needed a bit more. And I wanted more of that camaraderie on screen showcased. But I think for the most part, On the Count of Three is just, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, just intense. Do you have plans on seeing this in the future, Rachel? Sure, yeah, I'll check it out. I uh, I was very curious to see what people thought about it. Uh, but I, I can't remember what else was doing or why I didn't get to see it. But uh, but yeah, definitely open to checking out, especially after hearing that you liked it. Yes, I, I, I did. And again, it's dark. It's, you know, it, it's some people, I saw some complaints of how it handled the actual idea of, of, of suicide and whatnot. It's a difficult thing to handle, but I thought mm -hmm. it did a great job. I didn't find anything that could come across in that way. And again, mm -hmm. Gerard Car Carmichael, a, comedi a comedic personality taking on something dark. I just love that. I, I love that. Uh, my next one is Mass. Did you get a chance to see this, Rachel? I, 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 everybody keeps telling me how sad it is. And I'm just like, mm. I was just not like, I felt like I wasn't in a good spot, like to deal mm. with a sad movie mm. right then. Uh, and so I was hoping that it would win a bunch of awards. I could maybe watch it on the awards day. Uh, but I, I have not seen it, but I want to see it. It just have to be up for it. You have to be in the right mood to watch a really sad movie. So part of me is shocked that it didn't win any awards, but then I look at what the awards are and I'm like, yeah, Coda, yeah, Coda deserves to win that because this is not, you're exactly right. Nail on the head. You have to be in a good place to watch this. You do because, and here I'll just read the summary. Years after a tragic shooting, the parents of both the victim and the perpetrator meet face to face. That's the movie. Mm -hmm. One table, four chairs, one location. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And you know, they go to some other locations and it's not the entirety, but I, I would say three fourths of this film takes place in that one room and it is solely a performance piece. You have Jason Isaacs, uh, Martha Plimpton, Reed Bernie and Dowd is the highlight for me. Um, who is just, you guys may know her from hereditary and, uh, the handmaid's tale and oh my God, <laughs> Rachel, yeah. I, I, you know, 
it, it got me really emotional to be honest with you. And you know, if you're not the kind of like, I don't love movies that are just in one place and it's, it's all dialogue, then you may not love the film, but I genuinely thought it was a four star film at least because of the performances. So, yeah, I, I can see why. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough to talk about too. Yeah. And Martha Plimpton, she's great. So I, I definitely need to see it for sure. I just, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. We talked about Coda. We've talked about flea. I think both of those are standouts flea, the animated documentary Coda, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful film, but, I could rehash that all day. Uh, mm -hmm. Rachel, you did mention Together Together and Jockey, which is where I start to get into my, I think Together Together is probably the end of that top tier for me. And then we get into my second tier, which is Jockey, Marvelous in the Black Hole. And let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, this is Nicholas Cage one. Oh, my oh gosh. boy. Look, look, can I tell you as my friend calls me, can I tell you what actually happened? No. <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I say this on the live stream? Yes. There is a scene. This is not a spoiler folks. There's a scene in this movie where Nicholas cage gets on top of this flight of stairs, gives a rousing speech. And at the end of that speech screams testicle as loud and as intense as Nicolas Cage has ever screamed anything in a movie. Yeah, and I mean, nice. his, his voice gets raspy from screaming the word testicle. And I thought to myself, this isn't even the craziest thing that I've seen in this movie. It's not even top five. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's insane. I've never seen a movie like this. Oh my God. <laughs> it's going to be tough when I do the tier list. Cause I'm like, do I actually put this on the good tier? Do I put prisoners of the ghost land just because of the kind of movie it is? Because I don't have all the answers I wanted, but it was so entertaining and visually it's phenomenal. I mean, the color correction, the, the, the direction, the cinematography, this director and a lot of people are telling me, Austin, why haven't you watched uh, Sion Sono? He's got some very high rated films on Letterboxd. Look at this 4.3 on Letterboxd. He's a uh, mm. well-renowned director. I, I, I would not say this is a 4.3 kind of movie, Prisoners of the Ghostland, but to me, it feels like a vehicle built around. Yes, testicle. You have the right idea. Built around. You give it 4.5, though. Uh, uh, well, I gave it a. A 3.5, only a 3.5, Rachel. Oh, 3.5, yeah. Sorry. Only a seven. <laughs> but even that, I'm feeling like, I'm like, is that is that too high? Because it's one of those movies that I just yeah. think is so chaotic. I think not a lot of people are going to respond to it. So I may have to well, rethink. The way, I, the way I look at criticism is that I always try to say, is it successful in doing what it's trying to do, right? <laughs> like for me, and this will make people mad in the comments, but... I don't think Tenet was successful in doing what it was trying to do. Ooh. I did not enjoy that film. Uh, it had many attribute qualities, but, uh, and, and then other movies that are trying to entertain children. Yeah. Are they successful in doing that? Okay. Then I'm going to give it a, a good score. I, and I, that's what, that's one of my big questions. Like when I watch a Hallmark Christmas movie, is this successful in being a Hallmark Christmas movie? That's the question I ask. Mm. That's a, and that's a good question. Right? I, I'm not yeah. asking if it's successful in being tenant. That's not what it's trying to do. 
and certainly Tennant's not trying to be on my Christmas movie. <laughs> and so that is that is the way that I look at, at film and reviewing film. So if this was trying to be a grindhouse, crazy, you know, midnight matinee kind of movie, and did it succeed in doing it? Then yes, it's it's fulfilled its goal. Oh, I think it did. It's it's going to be. Uh, Ricardo says this is not a spoiler. Proceeds to spoil the what the WTF moment. If that spoils anything about this plot, kudos for being the 2021 Sherlock Holmes. If that <laughs> tells you anything about this movie plot wise, because a spoiler is not a line of dialogue. A, pl- a, a spoiler is a plot point. <laughs> Trust me. That is not the only plot point that has to do with that area. So <laughs> my friend, g- good job for figuring that out. Good, good job. Uh, yeah, that is. And, and hey, you're not alone. Somebody else's tin is a misfire. See, I'm on the, I'm on the other side. I liked tinted a lot, but it is a very divisive Nolan film and for good reason. Um, so I, there's another one that I want to talk about too here. There's actually maybe one or two more. Um, I did watch The World to Come. Yeah, since you liked it a little more than I did, you have a little higher than I do. I did. I I gave it. uh, I think I gave it right at a seven out of uh, out of ten. Um, it was a unexpectedly. I'll I'll read this. Two women forge a close connection despite their isolation in the mid nineteenth century. Of all the period pieces I saw at the film festival, this was the one that kind of hit me the hardest because it was unexpectedly. I won't say what kind of emotion, emotional toward the end. And mm-hmm. in the third act, I think everything kind of came together. I, I did think the pacing was a bit of an issue here. And I wanted a bit of an exploration more of, uh, I believe it was Abbott. Yeah, Christopher Abbott's character and that whole side of things. But mm-hmm. it was a movie that at the end of the day worked for me. And I think the end kind of height, I was, I was leaning towards a six. And then I got to the end, I'm like, I think I liked it a little bit more than that. What'd you think about it, Rachel? So I would probably give it a five or a six. Uh, I, I did like the two of them. I thought they had really good chemistry and I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting that I feel like now, I guess every year we're going to get the period piece lesbian drama, which is fine Mm -hmm. with me. Um, but it's kind of like a yearly thing. And, um, I think this is better than Ammonite. I don't know if you saw Ammonite. But I agree. Yes. I gave this a higher score than Amazon. Because yes. I think that, that they have better chemistry, but yes. that that I felt like there were certain things that were kind of cheesy about it, um, particularly in the hair. And I know this is a nitpick, but people didn't wear their hair down like that at this time. You <laughs> I don't look at like this, so this is and, probably And valid. not only did they have their hair down, they had their hair. It looked like it had been curled with a curling iron. It was long and flowing, especially Vanessa Kirby. She looked yeah, like was. she was at a photo shoot. It it looked ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, and women wore their hair up at that time. And so there were things like that that were a little cheesy to me. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was fine. I enjoyed it. Yes. Um, but I. Uh, that that was just the the things that I thought kept it from being great. Yeah, and that's a valid. See again, I don't. That's not. So, and it, maybe it's just like I don't look at that when I watch a movie. But now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're probably right, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. You're probably but right. But it would not be the first to make that mistake. I mean, Little Women, 2019. 
they not only have long hair in most of the scenes, but also she's wearing Ugg boots throughout. (laughs) Uh, Oh, wow. I didn't notice that. Um, See, that's the (laughs) interesting. Um, So it's not like a deal breaker or anything, but I don't know. There was just, it was, it was, it was kind of more along those sort of cheesy romance novels than your like serious, like Mm Ammonite was way more of kind of trying to be serious. It was, and I think it was not as successful. I, I think this movie did hit that tone, maybe that I think it was going for. But um, again, I, I could definitely see, especially when you look at that second act and the way that it was paced. But I think for the most part, some, mm-hmm. and also Casey Affleck. Uh, yeah, I, I I think he was really good in it. I know people don't like Casey Affleck, but he did yeah. a really good job in the role. He did. I, I, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> I like Rachel. Hey, if you like her, go subscribe to her if you're not already. Uh, yeah, she's got a great, great channel. Um, let's see. Uh, Sion Sono's uh, films are usually violent. Oh, someone asked earlier too. I missed that. Um, what about the rating for Prisoners of the Ghostland? Yeah, let me tell you right now. This is R. <laughs> this is about as R as you can R. And not because there's no uh, sexual things in there, but it is... Uh, violent, gore-filled, and uh, a very just action-heavy movie. So yes, Prisoners of the Ghostland is definitely an R-rated film. So then we get into the films that you know I I I, I liked, don't necessarily have too strong of an opinion on, and then we get into my worst of the festival, and these are my four. Um, and we'll start with mine because I can't wait to get into yours. <laughs> so Rachel, my least favorite was actually. R hashtag J, the yeah. modern day Romeo and Juliet um, movie that was just a misfire for me. How did how did you feel about this movie? Um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I I I gave it a three out of five just because okay. I thought it was so different and fresh, yes. and I, I was impressed with how much of the original text they did include, and yeah. but. It's it has problems for sure, and you definitely it's a hard time. Like if you didn't know Romeo and Juliet and know, I think they're kind of counting on it. You know every step of the story. You know what's going to happen. If you didn't know, it would be very confusing. I think. Yeah, that may be my problem. Is I'm not as well versed in Romeo and Juliet because the only thing I've ever seen was the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. That's it. Mm, That's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Um, I've just seen a, um, what is that? Uh, Nomeo and Juliet or whatever. <laughs> no, I actually didn't see Nomeo and Juliet, which was funny because I was like trying to see every movie I could that year. But unfortunately, it's <laughs> the one that I missed. But they make a choice in here, Rachel, that I I just didn't like. And it was using the, the language in that style of Romeo and Juliet uh-huh. in modern day. With all the social media and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's weird. I don't know. It's very Sundancey. But but yeah, I I appreciated it. Maybe I was in the right mood, but I could definitely see why it wouldn't be for everyone. It's it's a weird movie. (laughs) It will be a divisive movie because I've also seen some people that absolutely loved it, um, which is... I think I thought it was... I'm I'm on the like, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And it shot for the stars and it did. And, 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 you know, I don't, anybody who gave it a four and a half or a five, which I did see, I'm not like, oh, you're completely wrong. But yeah, for me, just the translation and, and speaking like that yet texting in today's language, I'm just yeah. like, 
it was when you didn't get to know either of the romeo or juliet either at all i mean through the whole thing i I didn't love romeo's performance Mm. in the movie i i didn't love his performance I i thought um R.J. Seiler as his friend was better. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I can see that. Um, the, the Blazing World is my next one that I actually haven't logged yet on Letterboxd. I just watched it last night. And it's just another one that... I haven't heard of that one. I missed that. Yeah, it's like this Alice in Wonderland um, uh, going into a, a distant Pan's Labyrinth type distant land fairy tale type thing. It deals with some very heavy topics. It does. But... I, it just didn't hit me in the right way. And I saw some good friends actually give this four or four and a half. And I was very excited for it. So I'm like, I got to catch up on this. And yeah, I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Um, so you didn't hear anything, anything about this at all. It's one that went under radar for sure. For no. Sure. Yeah. That one definitely I didn't hear. Um, all right. Well, should I go? Yes. Cause those were the two, I think John on the whole, and I was a simple man weren't horrible, but they just didn't do it for me. Was, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I heard not good things about John in the hole. Yeah, it was, yeah. Okay, yeah. your bottom, we'll do your bottom uh, six here. All right, you see that image there of the tree in the <laughs> ocean right there? Yeah. Get used to that for two hours, looking at the tree. <laughs> so this is in the garden. And when I heard it, like, it sounded like an interesting documentary about like these people that take trees from other countries and then like send them over and plant them in there. So they have like an exotic garden. Like that sounds kind of interesting if you'd have like experts about how it's bad for the environment and bad for whatever. And so I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It is literally just watching this tree. Was that not entertaining? You didn't like that? You didn't like watching the tree? It reminded me of when my little brother was like two years old. He had this video that was just of people doing construction. Like the whole video. It was like an hour of just watching the like construction, the bulldozers, the whatever. Yeah. And he loved it because he was two and he likes bulldozers construction. Um, that's what this was like. It had no narration. It was just watching them take the tree out of the ground and then watching the tree on the ocean. Was that, were there, inter- I guess there were interviews and stuff. No, no interviews. No, no, like talking heads. No, nothing. Just watching. You could hear them talking about, the tree in their life and daily life and walking around and talking and, but nothing to camera, no straight interviews, just the tree. Wow. Fashionable yeah. change. It's a poetic ode to the rivalry between men and nature. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I mean, I, I just, I, I just really, I mean, I'm looking at some of these these reviews on Letterboxd, and I'm just like, come on, you people. There's no way. You weren't actually really looking like- I have someone right here who gave it a one-star review. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Shots of gargantuan trees sailing across the sea are the highlight of Team the Crime. Wow. I didn't know that's what it was about, though. 
<laughs> That's the stock raised pace to mimic the growth rate of the trees and features. <laughs> wow. Interesting. So I said like watching a construction crew for an hour and a half. I prefer documentaries with a narrator. Oh, we got so wait, oh, oh, we got team taming the garden over here. Taming the garden is amazing. Oh, please tell me. I'm interested now. See, because I have seen some good things about this doc, but just your description of it. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, don't I, know. I just, I don't know. I do not get it at all. I, yeah. I don't understand it. I, it was bizarre to me. Yeah. That's interesting. Was that, so that was, I, I would assume by far your worst at Sundance. Oh, by far. You've yeah. Got, you've got crypto zoo down here and I've actually yes. heard. Okay. So how'd you feel about crypto? Zoo? I heard some pretty good things about it. I guess. Well, so I, first of all, I was going into it with pretty high expectations and other people might not because I really liked Dash Shaw. His first film, sink, uh, my entire high school sinking into the sea, I really enjoyed and I thought it was quite funny and very beautiful animation. So I was, I was going to this with actually high expectations, which may not be the case for most people. Um, and I just, it was too random for my taste. Mm. Uh, it's all over the place narratively. Uh, and I didn't think it was very funny, which my entire high school sinking in the sea is, is I think quite funny. Um, definitely dark sensibility, but this, I didn't really think was funny at all. Um, interesting. And the animation is cool. I enjoyed it, but it definitely is one of those movies. And I think a lot of movies at Sundance, I come away thinking, I wish that had been a short. That would have been better as a short, whether it's live action or animation. Um, I just don't think there was enough story here for a feature film. I think it would have been an interesting, maybe a uh, short story. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's also very gratuitous in the nudity as far as just like every scene wow. has animated nudity in it. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, that's not my favorite choice. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Did you see Groot Awakens? That was so Groot says, Hey, I finally got my own movie. I'm sitting here like chuckling under my breath while you're talking. <laughs> and it's so funny. I oh. love you, Groot Awakens. You're my favorite. Oh, I love that. And yeah, Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. I'm sitting over here talking to Rachel. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But you know, Crypto Zoo, and we'll talk about the winners here in just a second. I believe CryptoZoo won um, like Creativity Award or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. If I could find it, um, yeah, it won I one of. Passed it. Did I? Which one is it here? Yeah. Which one is it here? I might have uh, one for the road president, son of monarchs, mother. Oh, you just passed it. Did I? Ah. Oh gosh, where is it? Hive. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just I'm I'm going down. I'm struggling here. Let's see. Ha, there, here we go. Cryptos. There. Oh, okay. Innovator. We got innovator. We got the anime. So the, and I guess I can understand, but because I already had seen that innovation in my entire yes. school, sinking into the sea. And I thought that that was so much better as far as story mm. and characters and, and laughter and scripts and everything like that. Like it didn't seem that innovative to me. Yes. Because I've already seen his previous films. Hmm. It, I wouldn't say it's awful, just not my cup of tea. So the Innovator Award, Rachel, if you don't mind explaining kind of the concept behind that to the audience. So what is it just essentially 
the movie that does the most outland new kind of style or what's do you know the specifics on that i'm not sure 100 percent. i i actually don't follow the awards that well i don't know what it what okay. has done this in the past okay but uh but i would imagine that's what it's trying to say something that's new creative innovative kind of thing um and the the animation was very creative and it's the animation director who who was also included in the win. Yes. So that must be what they're referring to. And I, I can see that. But again, I think that my entire high school singing in the sea is better. Mm. Yeah, and so I, I don't know. Yeah. And as far as the, I, I don't really, the um, the fire in the mountains, I, I, I really probably shouldn't even include it because I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, okay. This, the subtitles were hard to read at times. They were in white and just, I don't know, they were sometimes difficult. And I just didn't quite get it, what was happening. And so I I don't feel like I have a fair, I didn't put it on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't post my review. I don't feel like I have a fair kind of take on it. Yeah. Um, so I, it's not really bad. I just didn't really okay. understand it. So uh, We have a super, or, or just a normal chat here. Are there in, any Indian? There you go, Fire in the Mountain. Right there. Is that is that an Indian film, Rachel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love Indian films. Just this one in particular, and I don't know if yes. it's because I was tired or what, um, but I just had a hard time kind of following what was happening in the story. Okay, okay. Were there any more, Rachel, that you want to talk about on the lower side of things here? Did you watch Life in a Day twenty twenty? Uh, no, I did not because the, something about the title and, and the concept of it, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Just uh, yeah, I mean, I wow, it's weird because it's on YouTube and every. I mean, it's on um, it's on Rotten Tomatoes and everything, and so I'm like, I guess I should give it a review, but it just doesn't yes. feel like a movie. It's like a okay. bunch of clips that are sent into YouTube, and the weird part about it was it was supposedly July 25th, 2020, and I was thought it was strange how many sort of group activities were shown, like people gathering, mm. like there were even some things that kind of looked like concerts type things, and I'm like where was that happening in July? Wow. Like I'm watching this and I'm like, y'all had a way more fun July. Than I <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was here all July. So I mean, like, yeah, I did on my Instagram. I had a picture of me like eating and drinking <laughs> going on YouTube. That was my July 25th. Interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, so the whole time I'm just thinking like not very many masks. I didn't think. And I was just kind of like, what? It just didn't feel like 2020 to me watching it. Very yeah. few of it. It was weird to me. So I don't think it was good, but mm. I guess that's, that's what they had, I guess. I don't know. It was weird. Um, and so then I, I, so then also first date is an interesting one. I, it did have some laughs. I, I, I did think there were parts that were funny. It's yeah. another one that I think would have been funnier as a short. I don't think it had enough there mm. for feature, mm. but I, I liked the lead performance. I thought he was really fun. It's basically about this guy who decides he asked this girl out. He's super excited. And, uh, and she says, yes. So she wants, he wants to impress her. So he goes and he buys a car, like an old Mustang kind of car. Yeah. And it turns out that the whole car is just like full of drugs. It's like a drug <laughs> car. 
And so then he ends up getting chased and hounded and everything by all these different people. And unfortunately, all of the acting felt really amateurish, except for that lead mm. guy. That's the one common complaint I saw on Twitter about this film was the acting. Yeah. And it just it kind of loses times you're like, it's sort of forgetting about being funny and forgetting about being comedy. The core idea is a funny idea. I think that's a very funny concept for a movie. Uh, but uh, it just became kind of violent at times and just, I don't know. It didn't work for me, but I, it wasn't like a total loss because mm. it did have some funny stuff in there. So, okay. Anyway. Okay. That's yeah. That that's one that I opted to skip just because of the word of mouth wasn't very, you know, yeah. um, I do wish my list was a little more well-rounded because I go from like four out of fives to <laughs> A couple, two out of fives. I'm like, I need some more. I've got a lot. Actually, you know what? I've got a lot of sixes. I, I this didn't quite make it, but most of these are like in the. Mm -hmm. I was a little disappointed with passing. Uh, I wanted it to be a lot better than it was. I was a little disappointed with um, land with Robin yeah. Wright. Uh, not bad, it okay, but but it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a three star movie for yeah, me. Three for me as well. Um, was it okay? Yeah, the the Sparks Brothers is all about this band that's evidently been around for forever, um, but it was just a little too long, two hours twenty five minutes, I think. Okay, they, could, they didn't have to talk about every single album that the band made. Okay. I don't think. Which um, one? Uh, which one is that, Rachel? Which uh, Spark Brothers? It's um thirteen on my list. Thirteen on your list. So right. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. Okay, so that is the Edgar Wright doc, yes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then Bring Your Own Brigade. This was really, it was really good. It was very long, to over two hours long. And that was okay. probably the downside of it. But it, it was, I love it in documentaries when the documentarian allows, her, in this case it was a woman, allows herself to be surprised. Mm. Because that okay. to me is very sign of it being a genuine documentary and not having an agenda of this is what I want to happen. And this gotcha. is what I'm going to make happen is the fact, if you allow yourself to be surprised, that's saying that you're, it's a true documentary to me. And mm -hmm. so I appreciated that about her and she's diving into the campfire and the, um, uh, Wollstone, I think it was called fire in California oh. in 2018. And so talking about paradise up in, uh, Northern California and Malibu in Southern California and yeah. going all into the history of fires and, wow. uh, and also the environmental side of it, which her results, and that's where I think she was the most surprised actually. Okay. Um, and uh, the people and uh, how we can prevent them. Uh, it's not as tidy or as, is, I don't know the results are interesting and different. I learned a lot from watching it. It's, it's a little dry at times. That's why it's at 12. Um, and it's definitely too long. But um, but I enjoyed it. I learned, like I said, I actually learned quite a bit from it. Yeah, it looks just that concept. Um, that is a that is an event that you would want a documentary about. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm actually very excited. You've got me excited about a couple of these docs. Again, I, I really wish I really wish I could have hit on some of the docs. There's just so is it always this crowded, like so many movies at Sundance, Rachel? Is yeah, it it really is. it's always pretty crowded. I tend to love the documentaries because yeah. they I mean I try to watch more family content. I'm not all yes. content, but that's kind of my focus and, and things aren't rated on mm. Sundance. And so 
Um, I mean, certain films, it's obvious that's an art, you know, strong R-rated film. Some, yeah. some it's not as obvious. Uh, and so you try to make informed decisions, but I feel like a lot of times the, you're a little bit safer with the documentaries. If you mm-hmm. want to watch something that's not going to be super offensive. Um, so I tend to watch a lot of the documentaries, uh, and then wait and hear from p- other people like, Oh, this is a good one. Um, yeah. Which was part of the problem of last year was because last year mm. I had, I, I didn't get the locals pass, which the locals pass allows you to see anything you want. Uh, and so if you could hear that something was good, then you could go and see it. Uh, whereas I had, I, I didn't get that last year. And so mm. I was stuck to just the, the ones I had gotten tickets for. So it gotcha. wasn't good. And I saw um, you saw Street Gang too. We got a question: Sparks Brothers or Street Gang? So how did did I, I know this was was a little bit higher on your list? Did you enjoy this Sesame Street documentary as well? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'd be a horrible person if I was like I hated the Sesame Street documentary. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's honestly the the Edgar Wright first, but that was the other one. I was like, man, I I hope I get to see this soon. And I think it's coming to HBO Max, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. so you got to see it and enjoy it. It was really sweet and very interesting. It's particularly, I thought it was interesting to hear about kind of the urban uh, underpinnings of yeah. Sesame Street, how they were particularly kind of making it for for particularly black inner city kids in Boston uh, that they were kind of thinking about and what could help them and entertain them and help them with their alphabet and other things. And so that was very interesting to me. I, I mean, I think that when you be my neighbor will always be the gold standard. It's like way up here of this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's my and then, and then like this and the big bird movie, um, it, they go over a lot of the same ground obviously okay. in the big bird movie as they do in this. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, when you hear big bird singing, it's not easy to be green at Jim Henson's funeral. You have to feel something about that. Oh, you know? Then I'm concerned about you. <laughs> you to talk. That's, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can watch it now, Rachel. Oh man. It's not wow. easy being green. Um, yeah. And also the, the Rita Moreno documentary is very fun, very interesting. She's awesome Which one and is interesting oh, yeah, from fans. All right, back at her career and also just kind of the career of of representation in film and kind of how it evolved. And that was interesting. Awesome. Um, the Ailey, the Alvin Ailey uh, documentary um, was was really good. And he's a someone I didn't know anything about. Um, was all about his dance company and his choreography and everything. So that was really interesting. I'm still confused about why Neon bought it because it was made by PBS. So I don't know what they're going to do with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard what uh, you said at the beginning, right? PBS is doing all these docs. So if you guys yeah. want to know where to find most of these docs, yeah. it will be PBS, right? Yeah, everything except for the street gang and Sparks Brothers, that's not a PBS, but, um, but, and I don't know where I'm playing with sharks is going to land. I don't know about that. Mm, okay. But, um, uh, but yeah, the Rita Moreno, the Amy Tan and the Alvin Ailey, all three of those were made by PBS films. We have a, a couple chats here. Somebody said, watch Hive. Yeah. Hive actually won a couple of these okay. awards. I didn't see it. Me either. 
No, I didn't see that one. I, I it will be available today because it's an awards winner, though. So I might watch it. Was Jockey any good? Yeah, Rachel. I think we both agree that Jockey was mm-hmm. a Jack- good movie. Think, think. I guess a little kind of a Rocky, but more the wrestler. It's like the wrestler on a horse. That's kind of. <laughs> that's, kind of that's, good. that's a good. Yeah. Um, um, more for more for families though. More for families, I would say. I think horses just make really good dramas because you got Lean on Pete, you got the rider, you've got the Mustang, you've got this. Yeah, and the rider was Chloe Zhao, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh man, so good. Um, watch <laughs> Pleasure. The movie will mess you up. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't see that one. I yeah, didn't see it either. Um, um, yeah, and then we've covered everything that I watched except for Prime Time. And oh yeah, yeah. Heard sort of divisive thoughts about this, but I thought it was a fun little thriller. It's not like some people were like, Oh, it doesn't have a very strong message. I don't think it has a message at all. It's just like a very simple movie about this crazy man who takes over this TV studio. It's not trying to say a whole lot. It's just trying to entertain you. (laughs) And I think it does. I enjoyed it. Um, It's a, it's 93 minutes, not that long. That's that definitely became kind of a thing. Uh, every single movie, I you know, when I'm watching six movies in a day, I I mean, I'm looking at that end of the end of the runtime, like yes, 93 minutes. Yeah, because you yeah. knew if it was if it was under two hours, you knew you'd have like a little break, a little bit of a time to go get something to eat or whatever. <laughs> I did that for every film. Yeah. I was looking at the time. I'm like. Oh. You see over two hours is like, oh man. Oh, I know. It was it I mean that's and but that's one of the beauties of Sundance is you've got to be committed because if you're not committed to something like that, you're not gonna enjoy yourself. And somebody asked yeah. me the other day on Twitter, they're like, Do you get you know so overwhelmed to where it well, I think if I were to do this three weeks in a row, yeah. You know, and I did get tired, but mm-hmm. I was still very committed to watching and you know, it's like, do you lose interest as it goes on? I still gave, you know, Together Together was one of my latter films and ended up being one of my favorites. So it's like you have to be, and sometimes you're in a mood, I understand that, but you have to be as committed to that idea as possible. Rachel, what is your letterbox name for Marcus? Yeah, I'm actually, it's Smiling LDS Girl. It's my old, old handle for my old blog. And I just, I need to change it, but I just never have. So it's on there. But I think if you look at Rachel Wagner, It'd be on there, but, um, uh, and I think if you look up Rachel Wagner, 65 at yahoo.com, that's my email. Um, but yes, uh, that's my profile. I, um, hold on. Oh yeah. Here we go. Smiling DS girl right there at the top. So if you guys type in that link, I wish it would zoom in on it. Then you'd be able to find Rachel and you can find her full Sundance list. So if you guys want a good idea of movies to watch from Sundance when they come out, I think her list and my list, I mean, obviously we haven't seen all the films like hive, but I think they cover essentially most, would you say most of the movies, Rachel? Between the two of us? Yeah. I mean, we have a pretty good chunk. I mean, there's amazing people like Matt Neglia over in, in Twitter. He's a machine. Oh, the man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, last year at Sundance, he watched over 50 movies. Oh, in person. In person. Yeah. Almost. What? Yeah. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. If I watch three movies in a week, I need a little break. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So yeah, I am. Uh, I am definitely, uh, uh, definitely excited to go in person. 
um, to the, to, if they continue to do in-person Sundance festivals, I don't know how they're going to do it from now on. Uh, but I like the idea of going and kind of getting my feet wet in that sense. So I, Rachel, go ahead. In, if the, my, my Christmas movie watching season kind of helps me get prepared for Sundance because, you know, oh. I watched uh, 115 Christmas movies yeah. over oh, no. the holidays. So that kind of helps. Those are like, <laughs> lighter i don't know how you do rachel i like i binge watch a lot of stuff but that is that's a lot like that's genuinely it's well, genuinely yeah. a lot about that so austin he not only watches all these movies that you've seen that he watched plus he covered two series i did what? i did i yeah i watched kid cosmic and uh, Firefly Lane, one i'm about to put my review up of uh, later on today oh, but man. that so that was kind of like Two episodes, one movie, two episodes, one movie, one episode, one movie. Uh, divorce filing. <laughs> no, she she was actually very um she she's she's in there, so she can probably hear me. Yeah, mad uh, respect for Mrs. Burke. <laughs> she was very kind. I was in here the whole weekend and she was just like, another movie, you want to watch it? No. Okay, great. I'll watch it by myself. She did watch uh Prisoners of the Ghostland with me, which she <laughs> had a very interesting reaction to. And she also watched um, Eight for Silver, which, you know, we both kind of agreed that wasn't our favorite of the festival. Uh, yes. So she didn't see any of my top tier movies. So that was unfortunate. Make sure you watch Misha and the Wolves with her. Promise. Oh, yeah. You think yeah. she'll like that one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's one. Yeah. And so it didn't win any awards. So I got to wait. What is wrong with them? I mean, I don't know what this users is, but there's no way it's better than Misha and the Wolves. Interesting. I will fight anyone. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, seeing that at number two on your list gives me a lot of motivation I to see that film. I really debated about having it number one because I think it really actually might be my favorite. It was wow. such, I loved it. It was so good. Well, my, or one of my favorites, currently your number one, um, one that I think absolutely deserves it, won the U.S. Uh, US Grand Jury Prize, Dramatic, and the Audience Award, and the Directing Award. Yeah. Amazing. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm not as familiar with the winners from every year, but three the, the three what I would consider some of the main ones is very impressive. Um, and this movie deserves it, in my opinion. I think Coda absolutely deserves it. Let me go ahead and uh, pull up. So you got... Um, how do you pronounce that? Sion Heater as our director. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sion Heater, um, who I, I, you know, I think it is, let's see, obviously first, uh, what is, I'm not for sure what the other projects are here. This may be like a short film or something. I thought it was. I remember hearing good things about Tallulah. Okay. Um, it has the, uh, has Elliot Page in it. Oh, I remember hearing about it and hearing about the performance. Mm. Um, but the other ones in his, I think this is his, I don't know, in a way, I think it's his, his debut. This is the breakout. And the fact yeah, that Apple breakout. paid 25 million. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a big deal, especially for Sundance. So props to Coda props to winning the three big awards. Uh, the screenwriting award went to on the count of three, which was um, personally other than Judas and the black Messiah of the Sundance premieres. 
Mm-hmm. It was my favorite Sundance premiere that and mass, uh, mass is amazing, by the way. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, it, it it's it's a great sign for not only this film but I think future films mm-hmm. um, from Carmichael. So very cool to see. Um, Jockey Clifton Collins Jr. Do you think that was an awards worthy performance, Rachel? Yes, you do. I think so. Yeah, I I, I think so too. You know, I I was actually going to say uh, maybe Isaac's from Mass would have won this award. Well, I was expecting it to because of all the buzz. Yes, of what I'd heard. But I thought that I think it's a worthy winner. I do too. I do too. And uh, Jockey will be available right now, as will Coda, as will all the movies we're talking about from the winners. If you guys still want to go watch the winners, I think those passes are still available, right, Rachel? As far as I know, I'm not sure. We have to check on the site. Okay. Um, And they're asking which of these will come to streaming soon. Mm. Hard to say. Sometimes it takes a while. We could be, it could be next year before we see some of these. We just don't know. Sometimes it takes even longer than that. Yes. Um, I mean, I, uh, I've gotten any word of any, uh, any thing coming right away. Like mm. sometimes last year, that was another annoying thing about last year is there's a couple of the movies uh, that you, you, you only have so many in your past. And the the fact that some of them were literally on Netflix that week of the festival. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And so I got the grand pass and which is the building is named the grand. It's not a grand pass, um, oh. but uh, at the grand and two of the slots were taken by the Taylor Swift documentary. <laughs> and I didn't mind one of them being taken up by that. Sure. That's fine. But yeah. literally the movie came out that week. So I could have technically seen it three times. <laughs> it was on Netflix. It was at the grand and then at the grand wow. again. And I was just like, come on, use up two of my slots that I paid big money for. Wow. I, I actually didn't. A similar land, a Robin Wright's movie is coming out in a couple weeks. So I actually watched that not via Sundance. I had a screener oh, for it. Okay. So yeah, I had a screener for it. So I watched that separate from my festival experience. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't need to waste a time slot on this because it's coming out. In a, and I think... Um, what was the you know the the weird future documentary? I didn't see it. I know uh, J Buck Studios saw it. A couple of them saw it. The Glitch in the Matrix. That's what it was. Yeah, I heard that wasn't good. Yeah, that comes out next week. I think next week. So I kind of skipped out on some of those just because I'm like, if I will see them in a week, it don't matter yeah. if I watch them right now. Um, we had one chat here, Rachel. Somebody said, I think something. Bring Your Own Brigade. I think is a CNN film, I think, is where it'll be. Interesting. Okay. So I think it'll be on television. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually interested to see a lot of those docs that you were talking about. Um, yeah, I love the Taylor Swift documentary. Um, uh, here's the one I was looking for. I Minus liked it week. too. I just didn't want it to take up three spots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, only good yes. And there's there. That's the thing too is you're watching so many things for the first time. You want to leave time for other movies that you haven't watched already. You yeah. know what I mean? So <sighs> it can get overwhelming. Absolutely. Um, this year, so that was nice. Yes. And it's nice that it was digital as well. Will you two tell us what your star ratings mean? Interesting. What do they mean? Yeah. I guess like. I understand the question. I mean, it's just a like you rating the movie mm-hmm. out of five. Yes. 
I guess like how we formulate, I've said before, I need to make an entire video of how I formulate my ratings because a lot goes into it. But again, it's it's all individualistic. Everybody rates a movie differently. So I don't expect anyone to take my method. The hardest ones, I mean, because I do one to 10 in my actual written reviews. Yes. The hardest are the movies that you're like, I always say that between a four and a six is very small differences. You're splitting hairs trying to figure out if you think it's you just lean positive or you lean negative. What do you feel? And that's the hardest. Those are the hardest reviews to write. It's the hardest. Uh, and people, people think just because you gave it a rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, you hated the movie because they don't actually read your review and you could have had a number of positives. It's just in the end, you leaned negative versus lean positive. And, and you know, Rotten Tomatoes make you decide one or the other, which is an interesting intellectual exercise, but sometimes it can be frustrating because it's just like, I don't know. I, I love it. I didn't hate it. I'm right in the middle. And do I kind of like it or kind of not like it? I don't know. Yeah. And so that's challenging. Uh, but I, I guess for me, I try to... Uh, I would say for a movie that I think is okay, I give it a three um, for a movie that I really, really like. I usually would give it a four if I love it. And I give it a five or four. Mm. And a half. Mm. Yeah. That'd be pretty, pretty great. Yeah. That's, that's about how, I mean, my, my tier list system essentially explains my writings because I do my specific tiers by what I rate the film, right? So you've got six, okay, seven is good, eight is great, in my opinion. A nine is usually a movie that I consider awesome, and tens are rare for me. And then below that, you've got fives, which are meh. Uh, four to three, which a four is usually veering on the bad territory, but like, again, with what you said, do I give it a four or do I give it a five? Do I give it a five or do I give it a six? It's like that middle pack right there is so tough. And then... <laughs> a five is that usually a rotten for you or not always uh five is rotten for me yes if i if i give something a five to me I, i'm going to consider that if i think a movie is meh then i probably wouldn't recommend it yeah so i i normally go five rotten six if it if it's right at that six mark i would say this is one that i i could recommend uh but it's according on who's watching right so but it's it, again it, it varies you know, it's like uh, I prefer the gradings like Stuckman does. See, that's that's tough for me because I can't I can't work on a A plus B B minus because and here's why I, I use Letterbox, which does not use that rating system. So to convert A's, B's, C's to numbers, it's not it's not really hard, but it's too much for me. Well, and again, for when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about Rotten Tomatoes. What grade is a rot is rotten versus fresh? Is a C fresh? Exactly. Is rotten? A C plus? It's hard. It's a lot harder than people think. Because I've always considered a C, I've always considered a C plus like a six out of ten. But if you look, because it's not it's not school, folks. A, a C is not a failing or what is it? Yeah, it I, I've done that before, and everybody's like, "Oh, you gave it a B. That means you didn't really like it." A B is a great score. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, it's tough to convert those things. So I just don't, I don't want to fool with it. I, I go the number out. I started out doing the A's, B's and C's, but to convert them to letterboxed, which is what I focus on is letterboxed. That's tough. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a, a B minus would be right in a positive, a six. See, I'm with you spider dark, a C plus B minus, minus would be, but 
what you know what you know what i mean like it could be a seven it could be a six so i you know it's just tough it's tough but i like both systems i think chris duckman's grading system is uh genuinely great abby says uh or abby says uh gonna uh binge through rachel's four and higher rated ones tonight hey let me know what you think i hope you enjoy them um yeah i mean last year i gave one movie five stars and that was Hamilton because it's freaking Hamilton. I mean, come on. My only five star review <laughs> too last year, Rachel. What are you going to do? It's like, a, I swear. I mean, yeah, that was the only, I mean, I gave Wolfwalkers four and a half. So that was, uh, mm. that was incredible. But yeah. I feel like I'm more, uh, I, I'm, I'm more generous. Marcus says I like the 100%. Yeah, it's tough though, Marcus, because I know we've kind of divulged or diverged a little bit, but. It's tough because when I when you get into percentages, people think I'm crazy, and I am. They're right, but <laughs> but I I just for me it works right. So you got to do what what you feel. If if A to B to C works for you, you got to go with that, man. You got to and I it sounds cheesy, but you got to follow your heart with your movie ratings because because that is what you that's who you are as a yeah. film critic, right? So that's what you got to go with, um, but. In terms of the um, what I was talking about earlier is, is transferring the A's to the hundreds, this to that, and, and I've went down on movies before, right? I've a, a good example. Somebody just brought it up. I I took my score down for Wonder Woman after I had a two hour conversation about it on a podcast. I took it mm -hmm. down. And you can do that. Have, have you done that, Rachel? You, you, you changed it officially on Round Tomatoes. Uh, yeah, I, I believe I, I took it to the six, which is still I I still had a decent time with Wonder Woman, but yes. Yeah, I I feel like the one the big one that I did that with was the Last Jedi. I mean, I didn't love it coming out of it, but I was just kind of like, I guess it's okay. Yeah. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, ah, the mm. one. Interesting. Yeah, I've but, changed. Yeah. Do you, Rachel? Do you personally, when you change your grades, um, do you change them on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, no, I mean, I still gave. Last Jedi, a negative review on Ron Tomatoes. Okay. But yeah, I mean, there's like one, like last year at Sundance, I saw a movie called Wendy. Mm. And I I was right on the edge because it was really beautiful. And I, I liked that part of it, but it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. And I did go fresh on it, but I do kind of regret that one. Mm. That one I probably would change if I could, but I, I haven't yet. So. Yeah, that's the oh, thing. There's nothing stopping you. You can change it. So, and it's so tough with reviewers too, because the goal of a channel like this is to get things out as fast as possible, and yeah. that's how I've made it in the YouTube space. Is is you've got to be, but the problem with that is you don't have a lot of time to formulate. That's why I like to put aside about an hour after a movie to formulate my thoughts. Right, mm -hmm. but in all actuality, you need longer than that. Well, yeah. and I really miss, cause my movie buddy, Jen, uh, we would usually after the movie, just kind of hash it out and talk about it. Cause we have mm -hmm. very different opinions, which I love that about her. Right. And that really would help me to kind of solidify what I thought. And so now that I'm watching most movies by myself, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, so that has been something I've really missed this last year. Uh, yeah. but you know, we, we try our best to be as accurate as possible. And, uh, you know, you can't just go off the Rotten Tomatoes. You have to actually read the review and I think you yes. get a pretty full idea of kind of what we think, uh, or watch the review. And, but 
I, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a tough situation, especially those movies where you're like, I go back yeah. and forth. I don't know what to say. <laughs> and sometimes I go back and forth even after I've given my score and I keep going back and I keep going forth. And when you can have that conversation, and I think that's what I did with Wonder Woman is, is you have that conversation and you're allowed to change your, change your thoughts. And I, I think that's, that's important as a movie critic is to, cause films age phenomenally a movie like interstellar that I wasn't too high on when I first saw it. And now I love it. Right. So it, it, that comes into account too. So it's a lot of John says, can we go back to Siskel and Ebert thumbs up or thumbs down? Seems simple. Well, that's basically what Rotten Tomatoes does. It's either yeah. rotten or fresh. I, I, on my channel and on my uh, blog, I have uh, smile worthy or frown worthy. I love that. That's too. kind of my matrix. And, uh, but it can be really, really challenging. It's not, at least for me, I think it, it can be difficult to, uh, to decide sort of those on, uh, on the fence kind of films. What do I, uh, what do I think? Um, and they, you know, sometimes where you just think something's okay, it's fine. And it's hard to, when you're doing rankings, because oh. you have things that you like or don't like for different reasons. Like I loved Timmy Fail. Your mistakes were made. I thought it was the cutest thing I've ever I like that movie too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I loved it. It was so sweet. And, but you know, here I'm, I, I'm kind of ranking it with movies like Hamilton or Dick Johnson is mm. dead or bad education. I mean, they're so different. How do you yeah. compare when you're ranking? It's very tough. People say, how could you have that over, you know, this prestige Oscar film? And I'm like, cause I enjoyed it a little bit more. I mean, listen, and you put, when you rank, sometimes I'll even rank, you know, films that I gave lower score, not significantly, but slightly lower scores, higher than the movie I gave a little bit of a higher score to. And it's like, yeah. what goes into that? Well, rankings, I think, are more personal. I could give a film a, a, a higher score because of its technical qualities, because I think it's maybe an Oscar worthy movie. But did I like it as much as Avengers? No. Right. So that means I've got to rank Avengers a bit higher. And that's just kind of how. Yeah. And, and, and I think a great point, too, is. If you enjoy something, don't feel bad about it. Listen, I, I, I gave Wonder Woman a bit of a higher score. And after the comment section, taking my head and just slamming it into a wall over and over, I said, you know what? I kind of feel bad about giving this, but you shouldn't, right? You shouldn't feel bad about enjoying them. You can't win with superhero movies. Either no. it's, it, you either are a sheep and you just go along with the crowd and whatever, or you're a hater, one or the other. It, it's it's a no win situation. I mean, I, that's why I'm not, I'm not going to review the, the Snyder cut. Like I'm just going to let people enjoy it and have their thing. And maybe a couple weeks down the line, you know, after then maybe I'll take a look at it, but I'm just, I'm not gonna, no, I'm not going to do it. Movies like that make me very nervous and I know I, I, I shouldn't be nervous, but we're all, we're all human. We all feel, you know, sometimes when we'll, review something that we know is going to be divisive. Like I even said at my review, I knew Wonder Woman was going to be a divisive yeah. film because of the complete 180 that it took from the first movie. And yeah, I think it's okay to feel that way. But then again, you get those that are just so just, just angry about it. But again, 
That's part yeah, of life. People called somebody called me a Nolan, a, a well-known Nolan hater, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Right now, I have given positive reviews to every single Nolan film, including *The <laughs> Interstellar* and *A Plus*. I just didn't happen to like *Tenet*. If that makes me a hater, like, a well-known wow. hater. If you give Interstellar an A plus, you are a Nolan, uh, a lover of Christopher right? Nolan. Yeah, I mean, which I, I like well. all three yeah. of his Batman movies. I there's no there's no hate. I get I like Dunkirk. I like. Yeah, that's listen. Wow, people people are crazy, and 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 people think that you get some kind of some kind of thrill from posting for being a contrarian, but. That's not any humans that I know, at least. I, I mean, I when I was getting ready for my Shazam review, the one that got yeah. me too much hate, I was just dreading it. And <laughs> I, I knew that everyone would hate the fact that I didn't care for that film. And, uh, and so it was a horrible experience, to be honest. And, mm. uh, and so, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just horrible. And I think that even... Worse than these people, these trolls are these YouTube video content creators and Facebook groups and other people that mobilize these people and and get them to go out and do their dirty work for them. I mean, there were whole sites that said, make sure she never reviews another film on Rotten Tomatoes ever again. Make sure that she is... She never gets to watch another DC film again. And uh, and it was right after this site called F Marvel Tards that they sent their goons in after me because I got oh, the notice no, that they had done that. And after it was about an hour after they had sent their people after me that I got the uh, the 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 threat that's that my next screenings they were gonna take an A forty seven and shoot up the screening if I if Rachel. I could. Yeah. Goodness and, gracious. Yeah. And so I had to inform the FBI. I had to inform Warner Brothers. I had to inform the screening company. I had to, it was wow. crazy. I, I didn't sleep for two days because it was so like it was just and I thought I had been blogging, vlogging, working in social media for over a decade. I thought I could handle anything. And that threw me. And, I, you know, it's just it's just an opinion. I, yeah. I'm sorry if I didn't like Shazam. I still liked a lot of DC films. I like Birds yeah. of Prey. I like Wonder Woman. I, yeah. you know, I, I even like Justice League. I know I'm weird, mm, but um, but yeah. I I just that's more my style. It's more fun. Mm. It's more energetic, and I just didn't think that Shazam worked. And uh, and so anyway, the uh, it was a very difficult experience. And I don't think that people realize how hard it can be. And those people that mobilize people to come out and attack critics for just yeah. doing their job uh, yeah. are just really despicable. I think they're even worse than the uh, the the actual threat makers themselves because yeah. they're making a living off of it, which makes me sick. And when you turned it into Facebook, they, they all, they, 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 they don't do anything. They don't care. And uh, they say there's no threat. I mean, literally he threatened to come into the screening and shoot everybody. How is that not a threat to my life? Like, are you kidding me? Like, what, does he actually have to be successful for it to count? That's awful, Rachel. 
I didn't know any of that. I, I oh, you didn't? Yeah. No. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. So Man, I it was crazy. But and, again, like you say, I mean it is it is our jobs. It's a job we're passionate about, but it is something that we we're not going to compromise our integrity by lying about a movie. Okay. That's just the way it goes, right? I, I you know, <laughs> like Warner Brothers paid you, man. I'm living look, look at my apartment. I'm in a, I'm in the corner of some small apartment. No, I ain't getting paid to do any of this, but that's still, even after that, right, Rachel, you're still doing it. You're still loving it. You still got a passion for it. Right. So I think it all comes back to that. Yeah. And I mean, getting back to our main topic, Sundance is a big uh, kind of a reminder of why I love film. Uh, getting yeah. to just experience so many people that have their passion for their films and uh, that they, they put their heart and soul into it, I think is so important. And it really invigorates you. Even if you're watching a movie about a freaking tree for two hours, there's something about that experience that really does kind of remind you of why you love doing what you do. The, uh, the, it's, it's the two rants today on, on my channel. It's the rant about the tree. If you guys want to go to Rachel's channel where we talked about the golden globes nominations, I did my reaction video, of course, but, um, I rant about Jared Leto. So you can go, you can go find that. I, I know I mentioned maybe we would talk some golden globes, but I, I think I'm just going to send people in that direction. If you guys want to find Rachel on YouTube, Rachel's reviews, uh, I think our, our conversation earlier was was pretty uh, was pretty fun, wouldn't you say? It was really fun. And also today I posted my friend Conrado and I did a little podcast where we gave our 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 awards, which are more fun than the golden yeah. globe. We have like best duo, best kiss, best uh, tearjerker, things like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Be sure to go over there and support her channel. Rachel, is there anything else, Sun uh, Sundance, that you want to talk about? I know we went through, guys, if you missed the video, if you just got here. First of all, if you guys want to like this bit, I know I, I, I hate to ask, but it, it helps out these live streams. Every single Sunday, I'm doing Ask Me Anythings where I answer your questions. Um, so drop your support. Thank you for all of the I, – I saw the comment section going crazy. Uh, I'm so sorry that I couldn't put all your comments on screen. Uh, did you change your score for Prisoners of Ghostland? Not, no, not, not yet. I'm still at that 7. I'm at that 7, but um, I may have to watch it again. And um, somebody's asking what app. It's an app called StreamYard. It's an app called StreamYard if you guys want to check that out. Um, but for all your comments today, guys, and your likes and, and, and just the wonderful and to listen to Rachel and I have some great discussions not involving Sundance. You can go check yeah. out all those things. Uh, Letterboxd, her channel. Rachel, what, el what else you got for me? Anything else that you're working on right now or yeah. recap wise? Yeah. Well, I did get to interview all the animators except for the feature films, all the animated short uh, creators over at Rotoscopers. Uh, and that was really fun. I really enjoyed getting to do that. And then also at the Homeworkies podcast, uh, we just did our Homeworkies podcast awards where we uh, had all the stars accept uh, their awards. We worked really hard on it. It's really fun. And uh, we even got Lisa Schwer to come on accept her awards. So that was pretty exciting. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she is Rachel is a YouTuber and she is a podcaster. Hallmarkies podcast, all mm -hmm. things just every joyful. every. Even if you think you don't like Hallmark movies, 
subscribe to the channel because every Monday we do interviews and they are really interesting. Uh, we interview actors, directors, writers, uh, and people are just interesting. So I, I think I would like our, our show, even if I didn't like Hallmark movies, I really do. Yeah, I do too. And we've talked multiple times on that about YouTube show or about uh, Netflix shows on, mm -hmm. on the Hallmark podcast. So uh, it's a it's a nice variety on there uh, and mm -hmm. some really really entertaining content. So Rachel, anything else you want to pitch to everybody or uh, talk about before we go? Uh, no, we every Monday I do family movie nights on my channel where I've been doing. I have over two hundred and fifty family movie night reviews. I'm doing it for over three years. Uh, where I, I give a family-friendly recommendation, uh, and we have different months. I have Muppet May. I have uh, I have Teen Month for for June. Uh, I have uh, Disney Scares in October. That's really fun. Um, I also every month do a podcast uh, talking Disney with my friend Stanford and an obscure animation. So if you like animation or Disney, uh, we we have a lot of fun doing those. Uh, so it's just it's, it's a I'm very blessed, very fortunate, and I have a lot of fun doing what I do. I do too, and I loved covering Sundance. I, I did. It was uh, it it was nice to see a lot of these films, and I don't want to say get them out of the way, but to have them there so I can do different things when they release, and to be able to talk about them and. We're doing a tier list on this channel tomorrow where I not only rank all of the films that I saw at Sundance, uh, but we are going to place them on their tiers. So if you guys want to come back for that, I am uh, I, I'm very excited to get that video out there. And let's see. Um, I did have one more question here. Somebody asked what was the best. I can't find it now. What was the best horror movie uh, at Sundance? Horror movie, man. What, what, what did I rank the highest? The only Coming. one I really saw that had any horror elements would be um, First Date. First Date? Okay, so that was... I mean, I guess Coming Home in the Dark, it's more its more of a thriller. I wouldn't say it's a horror film. I liked that film. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, Strawberry Mansion is this crazy, extravagant, color-filled film that's not a horror, but there's some horror elements. Probably. And it's not a horror movie, but, but Mass is almost... Mass is almost the most horrifying concept, right? It's just a movie where they're all sitting at the table and talking about something, but it's so real and and tragic that it's almost it almost feels like a horrific horrific experience at times as they're recounting that. But otherwise, you know, Eight for Silver, I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland, I guess, has got horror elements with Nick Cage, but um, yeah, otherwise, I didn't really see a horror movie that. Was all well, it was like Hereditary, right? Did you get to see Hereditary the year it came out at, at Sundance, Rachel? I did not. I actually haven't seen it yet. Really? Oh, I know. I'm too scared. <laughs> so he's gonna scare you. Uh, we brought Madison's friend over here a couple months back and scared the living daylights out of her by watching them. Maybe <laughs> <So. laughs> we did it on like a group watch or something like that. I could get oh. through it. Gosh, it, it is terrifying. But yeah, nothing on that level this year. Uh, Spider Dark says, coming home in the dark, Strawberry Mansion, Mass. Uh, good yeah. picks I'll watch. I can't wait for you guys to see some of these movies. Uh, I've been trying to like dip in more to horror, just little bits by okay. little bits, trying to grow kind of in that area, but I'm still not 100%. Uh, so. Do not start with Hereditary. Let me tell you that much. If you're dipping, don't go there first because... <laughs> 
it's so scary. Um, yeah, but that's that's a great genre to get into for sure. Uh, but yeah, if you just look up Rachel's reviews on YouTube, then it yeah. should come up. As far as someone saying my SEO, can, and I admit it, it could be better. I'm always working okay. on that. But yeah, if you look up Rachel's reviews, it should come up. Okay. Yeah, guys. In the description, right? Uh, yes, there is a link in the description right now that you guys can find for her channel. Um, it's there. I'll be sure to pin it in the comment section too once this video processes. Uh, otherwise, Golden Globes talk on this channel this morning. We I did a reaction. Rachel and I talked on her channel. Rachel, find her in all of those places. Letterbox, Twitter, Hallmarkies. Oh my goodness, a plethora. And if you guys want to hear about any of the movies that we watched at Sundance, you can go back through this live stream and, and I put them up on screen so you could probably easily find when and where we talked about them. Rachel, thanks again for coming on today. Uh, I, I really appreciate you. Anything else you need to plug? I know I keep asking you, but I want to make sure you get everything out there. Yeah, and I think we covered everything. I've got, uh, just check out Rachel's reviews. Check out, oh, oh another one that I do. I kind of have a bunch of stuff yeah. all over. I, yeah. I, if you're a fan of The Nanny, um, the show from the nineties, I do a little podcast every Monday. Uh, I mean, every Sunday with my friends, uh, called the Fran cast, which is a lot of fun. Mm. And then I also have once a month, I do a show called the criterion project, which is all about, uh, criterion films. And that one's a lot of fun too. So got a lot going on, but I just really enjoy it. So. Yeah, a lot of little nuggets you'll find under uh, Rachel's uh, resume, just like little podcasts here and there and and some great videos over on her channel. And uh, I'm telling her to keep doing those tier lists. Um, it's <laughs> yes, yes, you got to keep doing them, Rachel. Come back tomorrow on my channel for another tier list. And later on today, there's a, there's a show on Netflix called uh, Firefly Lane that dropped today. And my review will be coming at some point. Um, and of course more Oscars and Golden Globes talk. All right, guys, you are truly the Thank best. You. Appreciate you big time for watching. And we will see you very, very soon. See you guys. Bye, everyone.